Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Carlos, CEO of JR Capital Wealth. Welcome again to our uh, weekly podcast. Uh, thanks again for stopping by. Uh, it is November 22nd, Friday, 2019. The year is coming to an end as soon as you uh, see it, huh? Pretty quick. Um, so as you know, we have Thanksgiving next week and uh, volume should be slowing down in regards to the market. So let's kind of go over what has happened this week, what to look forward to, uh, some of the headlines and so forth. But I kind of want to go over something before we begin. This is something that's kind of, uh, I've kind of heard from people speaking about uh, throughout DMs and emails and what have you, uh, about day trading and investing. Um, probably the number one thing I always hear is that I want an investment that's safe. I hear that a lot, safety. So we're going to talk about a little bit here of the difference between safe and return. So I want you to kind of picture in your mind, kind of a, a, a level, something that, um, you know, have you ever seen those uh, beam balances from elementary school when you would measure uh, almost like a seesaw? So keep in mind, guys, risk. There's no such thing as zero risk. There's always a risk in anything that you do. So again, higher risk brings higher return, just like anything else. So when I have people ask me, you know, I want an, an investment that pays a high yield or give me a good return with no risk. That doesn't exist. So we're going to kind of go over the spectrum of higher risk and lower risk, higher return, lower return. So I'm going to give you something that is definitely the lowest risk on the board. So that would be probably your deposits, a CD from the bank. Why is that a low risk? Because it's backed by the U.S. government. Uh, FDIC, Federal Deposit Insurance, is $250,000. So if you have a $250,000 CD up to $250,000 in the bank, you're guaranteed a return. A small one, mind you, because the Federal Reserve is cutting rates and rates are very low right now. You'd be very lucky to maybe get maybe one and a quarter percent on a CD, maybe for 12 months. Um, your best bet, if again, for this kind of investment, and it is investment because it gives you a rate of return. The best thing for that would probably be, you know, your emergency savings, money that you don't need right now, um, money that's going to be sitting there that, you know, maybe it's a down payment for a home, down payment for a car or your emergency fund. Um, emergency funds, I like I've been saying three to six months, I always say kind of leave that in a high yield savings. Uh, best bet for a high yield savings account, I recommend Ally Bank. Uh, there's also American Express has an online bank, Discover Bank has an online bank. Um, there's some other ones like uh, Goldman Sachs' Marcus, that's an online bank. Uh, you could just really Google uh, bankrate.com and they'll give you a list of different online banks that are 100% safe, because they're backed by the FDIC, make sure any online bank has FDIC $250,000 included so your money's safe. So if that bank for some reason goes out of business, you will be taking care of the, the, the insurance of the FDIC of the government will pay you back your money for any kind of loss. So again, that's the safest investment you can make. Probably the safest. Uh, the safest of all that's accessible to everybody. The next safest, guys, would probably be bonds. Uh, that'd be U.S. Treasury bonds. Uh, again, if you buy a bond, a Treasury bond for 10 years, you're going to get paid about 1.7% throughout the 10 years. So when you invest in a bond, you put $1,000, $10,000 or what have you, you're going to make your principal back. There's no fear of loss because the government is guaranteed to pay you uh, because they print the money. So you have nothing to worry about there. But again, 1.7% is not a lot of money. Uh, that's very low. That's very low return. So again, like I said, Low return, low risk. Always keep that in mind. So now we keep moving forward. Investments, the next kind of safe play. You know, I always say people tell me about stocks that are safe. So when it comes to safety, these are the things you want to look for. Cash flow. 
cash flow and dividends and big caps. So a safest name that you could think of would be a company that's been around at least 50 years, 40 years, 100 years, uh, like a Procter & Gamble, uh, Coca-Cola, PepsiCo, those kind of companies that have been around. Uh, Lockheed Martin, um, you know, companies that are staples. You know, you can literally go to the Dow Jones Industrial Average on CNN Money and type it in and you'll see the 30 stocks that are there. These are the bluest of the blue chips. These are the top companies on the United States. Um, obviously, they make the most money. Uh, so again, any of those names you can hold. Now, there is going to be some risk of loss within a year, two years, three years. But in a 10-year period, looking forward, you're going to make some money. So again, those are relatively safe. So I think I've always said safer plays are companies that have you know a good rate of return in regards to P-E ratio. They're not too expensive. They always give a dividends back like an AT&T or a Verizon, for example. Uh, Procter & Gamble, Coca-Cola, and they've been around forever and they always increase their dividends. Coca-Cola is a prime example. Coca-Cola ain't going anywhere. It's an American staple, been around since the 1900s. So again, that's safe. But again, you're going to get a higher rate of return, but sometimes that stock does go down a little bit, especially with the market. So again, risk, safety, same thing. Your next step above, if we go to the middle of the spectrum, kind of medium risk would probably be you know, your growth stocks, growth names, like tech companies. They tend to be a little more expensive, like an Amazon or a Google. You're not going to lose all of your money. But again, if you, don't have a sh if you have a short time horizon, those names could be volatile. So Google, if you hold it within six months, you may lose some money or make just a little bit of return, maybe three, four, five, six percent. But again, it's still a decent amount of money compared to a CD. But again, if you're holding short term, if you're holding long term, name like Google, an Amazon, uh, a Netflix, those kind of names have been around for a while. They don't pay a dividend, but they're a high growth company. It's a high risk, but your higher rate of return is there. So your next bet, now we're going to get into the riskier sites, riskier names, riskier investments. Oh, now let me give one more midterm investment. Uh, real estate. Real estate is mid, middle of the road. Now there is risk, of course. We saw this in 2008 with real estate. So again, cash flow real estate is a good, good uh, way to go. That'd probably be the lowest risk because you can just rent it out. Uh, the riskier side would be flipping because you need to find a buyer. It's easier to find a renter than it is to find a buyer for a quick flip. So that right there is in the middle. The safer bet that you can do is always do real estate investment trusts. They pay a dividend uh, every quarter because they own real estate, whether that's commercial real estate or residential. Again, those are ways to do it. You can Google that uh, real estate investment trust, R-E-I-T, or you can use what I use, which is Fundrise. That's a real estate investment trust. They pay about 4% annually, 3.5% annually. Again. That's just something I want to dip my toe in real estate. That's what I do. And I just deposit money every month into them. They work on projects, let your month, let your let your uh, your money investment grow. And they can give you a dividend if you like. I always reinvest re, uh, all my dividends, whether it's my stocks or my uh, or my real estate uh, investment trust. So that's right in the middle. Next step, you know, we talked about was the, the, the blue chips, uh, the, the growth stocks with tech. That's for example. Now we're going to get into the riskier stuff. Riskier stuff would probably be very sector-specific names that are very volatile. Cannabis, for example. That would probably be in the 80, 85, 90 percentile of risk. Again, CGC, Aurora, those guys. Uh, Kronos, uh, Tilray. Again, you've seen those charts. They melt down pretty fast, but they move up pretty fast. If you can handle that risk, you're going to get a higher rate of return. But sometimes they do fall. So again, those the riskier the names, you need to have a higher time horizon because you're not trying to get rich quick. So again, I always say, forget get rich quick. You want to get rich consistently. You want to make money consistently. Consistency is key. Get rich quick, that's a casino. That's the lotto. We don't want to do that. So again, that's in the higher echelon of risk.
The next step above that would probably be day trading options. Options is risky. You can lose your premium right away. Markets can flip. We do this for a living. Again, the, the rewards are enormous. Once you have a great week or a great day, you can literally make $5,000 in a day. You can make $2,000 in a day. You can make $20,000 in a week. But again, you have to get the market right and you have to be on top of it. And you can lose money as quick as you make it. So it's really up to you. If you don't have the time to do day trading, I wouldn't even dip your toe in it. Just be very careful. But now you just invest in stocks and just move, keep it moving forward. Uh, the next step there uh, after that would probably be Forex. Forex is very, very speculative and very difficult because it's 24-hour market. You can get stopped out very quickly if you don't know what you're doing. There's also leverage included. You could be owing money to the bank or the broker. So be very careful there. But again, high rate of return depending on what you risk. It's all about how much you put in. So that's even riskier than, option, than options trading. Your next bet for the next above that will be, again, I would say the most riskiest names. International stocks are very risky. Um, uh, cryptocurrency, very risky. Again, Bitcoin is still up 63% for the year, but you have to handle the swings. Today it was down about 9%. If you can't handle that volatility, don't, don't even step in the door because it's just what it is. So again, guys, if you want more money, if you want higher rate of return, you have to embrace risk. Risk is never going to go away. Risk is always there. So again, the steps I always say, make sure you have an emergency fund set, make sure you have your budget, make sure your lifestyle is intact the way you want it, and make sure you're out of debt, and then you can start looking at your investments based on you. So I always use the 100, 100 uh, rule. So take your age, 100 minus your age. If you're 30 years old, say you're 30 years old, 100 minus your age. This will be your retirement portfolio as an example. Whatever your age is, that's the number amount you should be in bonds, for sure, in bonds, meaning corporate bonds, government bonds, what have you. Again, low rate of return, but pretty consistent. So if you're 30 years old, 30% of your portfolio should be in bonds. 70% should be in stocks, period. Gold is a pretty safe investment too, but again, no real upside for the most part. It's not going to really grow as quick. So again, that's that risk again. So we're going to add that to the more of the left side of the lower risk column. Just like cryptocurrencies over on the right side of the column, which is more risk. So again, if the younger you are, the more risk you can take. The older you are, the less risk you're going to take. If you're 70 years old, 70% of your portfolio should be in bonds. 30% should be in stocks. Because the older you get, you're trying to preserve wealth, not risk it for higher gain. So always keep that in your head. The 100 rule. If you're 30 years old, for example, 30% should be in bonds. 70% should be in stocks. Or even 60% stocks, 10% real estate. Again, that's really up to your risk tolerance. So when I have people ask me, you know, what should I be invested in? It's not such a simple answer because I used to be a personal uh, um, uh, finance uh, uh, person. I used to help people, uh, financial advisor, excuse me. And again, I would ask them questions about them. Do you have children? Do you have any debt? What are your goals? How much risk can you take? That's the key. How much is your risk tolerance? Again, there's 20-year-olds that don't want to take as much risk as a 50-year-old. There's 70-year-olds who want to take more risk than a, than a 30-year-old. Everyone is different. Everyone has different net worths. Everyone has different uh, expectations. Everyone has different goals. You know, maybe your goal is to buy a house. Maybe your goal is to buy a Lambo, Lamborghini. Maybe your goal is to open a business. Maybe your goal is to open a charity. Maybe your goal is to pay for your kid's college. That's completely fine. Everyone has different. The number I want you to always keep in mind is your target. What's the number that you need to, to live on every year on your investments? What's your number that you want to hit in regards to goal for paying for your kid's college or buying that home? You got to have that number in your head. You got to stay focused on that number. What's it going to take? So again, if you have 100,000 as your goal, break it down into five years or 10 years, break it down in 10 years, that's $10,000 a year 
in profit or 10,000 year in return to make 100,000. Don't have 100,000 in one month when you're only trading with 1,000. That doesn't exist. And more times than not, when you see it on Instagram or any of these pages that are saying, oh, you know, uh, guaranteed returns. Uh, I, I made myself, I got myself a Lambo within a month trading this. That doesn't exist, guys. That's very fake. Be very careful. Nothing is guaranteed. Nothing is guaranteed in life. Really just death and taxes. And I guess government bonds, I guess. But we talked about safety. But again, guys, if you really want that money, you want higher yield of returns, you have to embrace risk. You have to embrace it. If you don't, then there's other alternatives. Again, CDs, gold, uh, bonds, dividend stocks. Those are safer on the spectrum there. If you want to cowboy it up and you want to take a little more risk on your side and you really want to go for it and because you're young and money, you know, you're going to make more in the future. You have some extra cash that you just want to kind of make extra. Then again, trading, cryptocurrency, growth stocks, cannabis stocks. Uh, those kind of names, big cap names, you know, up and coming, mid caps, those kind of things are going to get you paid. So again, I just wanted to really get that out there because I really want to define what risk is to people and embrace risk because there's no such thing as removing a risk. You never remove risk. You're just moving a risk around. So really keep that in mind. Maybe you like Tesla a lot. Just keep that in mind. Maybe you really like Tesla and you really support Elon Musk and you want to buy a Tesla. That's okay. If you really want to buy um, you know, the stock again, just feel free and understand that. Look at the year period, look at a five year chart of them, look at the average price within the five years. That's the mean. So, again, uh, that's that's where it is. Understand that there's movement all around, and don't feel that you know, risk can be removed by you because it's still the marketplace, it's still markets move constantly. And it's, it's a way that uh, the way the world works, just understand that it never ends. It's always a cycle. There's going to be recession cycles. There's going to be downhill cycles. These things happen and you just have to embrace it. The ones that are willing to take the risk with a long-term view with patience, they're the ones that are going to make the money. Again, patience is what pays. Those guys are the ones that are going to get the money. So uh, always keep that in mind. So let's go over the week that we had this week. Again, basically for the most part, it's the first red and the S&P for uh, five, uh, five sessions. First, five, in five sessions, we had a red day, a red week in, uh, in the uh, S&P. So let's kind of go over exactly where we did. So uh, basically, stocks fell this week after six straight weeks higher in the face of disappointing economic data. The Fed's balance sheet unexpectedly contracted. So basically, less Fed liquidity as it came down. Um, the odds of an implied trade deal with China has gone down a little more to around 49% from the high of 75. Uh, let's kind of move here. After six straight weeks, seven for the NASDAQ, U.S. equity markets closed red for the week. Uh, tr of transports were basically the laggard. Uh, everything was down about 0.4%. So kind of keep in mind that the Dow is a lot higher. So don't feel panic when you see 100 points in the Dow. Kind of keep it in perspective that, you know, that's not even 1%. That's about half a percent of a move. Over 1%, you start seeing things. But how many times in the past year have we seen markets in turmoil from CNBC? And we've hit all-time highs. So again, don't let the media fool you. You know, Take your time. Understand that it's a long game, especially if you're an investor. Uh, looking around here, 30-year um, yields have collapsed in the last two weeks, but they support it again. Uh, let's see the 10-year yield now around 177. That's where we are now. Um, the dollar is surging. So again, if you were planning to travel internationally, now's a good time. Uh, crypto has come down. 
uh, crypto right now, Bitcoin futures close today down 3%. Um, and that's around 7345. Uh, the Dow closed around 27,875. We're still above 3,100 in the S&P. That's amazing. Uh, NASDAQ, remember we celebrated 8,000. Now we're at 85.19. So still a lot. And uh, Bitcoin is looking that we broke the 200-day moving average. Now we're at 7345. We tapped. Now we're above uh, 7142. Uh, but again, dollar strengthening does hurt uh, the, uh, Bitcoin. So keep in mind, we talked about that being the, uh, the deal with risk, right? So kind of not worry about that. So let's see here. Let's answer some of your questions, guys. I know you guys have tons of questions and I'm here to answer them. So remember Instagram is the way to go on the stories. Let's go ahead and answer them. Uh, Gabby asked, do you Trevor trade same day options? Just curious. Yes. Sometimes we trade options within five minutes. We've had those. We posted them 10 minutes, an hour. It's happened. Um, do we, Go into a trade, think we're going to close the same day. We're going to trade it and close it when it's there for us, when it's our target. We don't even think about the time frame. Uh, what dividend stocks do, you, do I own? Personally, I own a couple. I own Verizon, which is my large position. I have Apple, Microsoft, United Health, AT&T, McDonald's, Home Depot, Walt Disney, and Pepsi. Those are my uh, dividend stocks. Um, next one, uh, Keso asks, how do you feel about the Ray Dalio news? Do you think the phase one trade deal will get done? Um, Kesso, I think regarding Ray Dalio, Bridgewater Associates saying that they're expecting a downturn. They're putting a position to short the market for March expiry based on Warren, uh, Elizabeth Warren's possible primary win to be the uh, uh, Democratic nominee. Um, I say this with him, he's denying it, but Wall Street Journal is saying that he's doing it. His associates are doing it. I believe the Wall Street Journal here, I think that Ray Dalio is being more. Uh, I, I kind of think that he's kind of prepping for a presidential run in the future or even get into politics. Um, you know, he's a hedge fund manager. He's very well seen, well known. Uh, I don't think he wants to announce that he wants to short the market in any way possible and draw the ire of Donald Trump or anyone else or any politician. Because the last thing these hedge fund managers who are already hated is that if the market does go down, they're going to profit from it. A lot of guys in 2008 were very much hated because while everyone was losing money, they were making it. Now, I know we saw the big short and everyone thinks they're smart. That's great. But again, if you just lost your job and we get a downturn, the last thing you want to hear is some hedge fund manager making billions off his bet of the U.S. economy uh, losing money. Uh, LNXXL asks, what's the best stock for a beginner? Uh, that's really a really weird question. Um, I always say the best stocks to invest in if you don't know what you're doing is invest in things you know. Again, where, what kind of car do you own? Where do you pump gas? Uh, where do you like to eat? Um, who's your cell phone company? What kind of phone do you have? So Apple, AT&T, Exxon, uh, maybe you like McDonald's. Those are all great investments. You like soda, invest in Coca-Cola. Simple as that. If you like Call of Duty, invest in Activision, Blizzard. Same thing. Um, Alt-B asks, given the highs of the market, do I start taking money off profit on the table, 20% increase, do I sell? Again, if I always say this. If you, don't, if you have to ask, that shows that you don't have an investment plan. Then I would say close it. Take your profits. If you are worried about taking profit, just take it. Take it and move on. If you have a long-term investment uh, thesis or investment goal, then you're not touching anything and you're letting it ride no matter what, no matter what. So I tell people, if you made $5,000 today in the market, would you stop investing? I don't know. That's a question you have to answer. If you lost $5,000 today in investing, would you stop investing? That's really up to you. That's why I talk about targets. So very important. Uh, next one is ticker JPST, a safe place for cash investments. Um, JPST ticker. Let me see the stock. 
DPS, they never heard of them. Uh, this is an exchange ultra short. Uh, no, I wouldn't. Uh, ultra short income ETF. Um, I'm assuming this is just current income with focus on risk management. The yield is right around 3%. Uh, for that, I'd rather put in Verizon or an AT&T, for example. Um, and if you need money short term, just put an emergency fund in a savings account where you have access to it. That's the key. Where do you see a bottom of the S&P if a trade deal gets postponed? I would say the trade deal, if we get postponed, and I'm going to go bring up E-mini futures. This is the way I look at it. I would say the next level of support would be right around 30-20. I think that we could scale off a quick 100 points in the S&P if we don't get a trade deal. If it's delayed, then we can probably come back down to around 30-91, which is short-term support on the hourly. Uh, next one, ask... Uh, will you guys ever start a fund? Uh, no, uh, that's something that I don't want to do. I don't want to start a fund. I don't want to touch public money. I don't want to be beholden to other people. It's just something that I decided. Uh, we're happy to help other people, but we don't want to take public money. All our money is ours and, uh, we don't, we don't have to answer to anyone. It's just our money. We figured out what we take is best because then we could take the risk on our end. Uh, there's some people who don't like to take risk and that's okay. But again, when it comes to our money, we could do what we want and control is key. And last one by Pierre says, thoughts on crypto. Are you buying the dip or concerned that maybe we come back? The only crypto that I buy on a weekly basis is Bitcoin. Now, granted, I don't put a lot. I put $100 a month. It's just money that I don't even see. $25 a week, I buy on crypto. Again, not a lot of money, but it adds up. That's around $1,200 a year. Again, not a lot of money. Again, I'll add some more down the line. But again, for right now, 25 bucks, I'm okay with that. $25 that I put into Coinbase on auto deposit, cool with me. Uh, I put money into my brokerage account every, every uh, month too. Uh, every two weeks, I put an extra 200 bucks. I just throw in there and just have cash in there. And if I see an investment I want to buy, I just throw it in there. Again, these are small, small amounts that I don't feel on a daily basis. So again, you know, that's about $400 plus another $100. That's $300. See, 300 bucks, again, that's like, what, a regular car payment? If you put that in investment, that adds up. It's all about compounding. That's the key. But again, that works for me. doesn't work for everybody. The idea is to find what works for you. So that's all the questions we have for this week. Thank you so much for taking the time to write it on Instagram. Uh, so we're going to end the podcast here. Again, I really wanted to talk about risk. That was the main, main thing. And uh, don't be so risk adverse. Embrace risk. Understand that it can never be removed. Again, you could just take less risk. It's kind of like heat. Those are things as no heat. It's either a lot of heat or a little bit. Lack of heat. There's no such thing as cold. Only amount of heat available. So it's very scientific in a sense. Think of risk as heat. How much heat can you take? That's the key. All right, guys. We'll leave it there. Have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you so much for joining our podcast. My name is Carlos Garcia, founder and CEO of GAR Capital. If you like this podcast, feel free to subscribe to us on the Apple Podcasts, Anchor App, and Spotify. Have a great rest of your weekend. And uh, ahead of time, have a great Thanksgiving, you and your family. We have a lot to be thankful for. And we're very thankful for you, the listener, you, the client, you, the follower. Without you guys, we don't have, we don't have a team. We don't have a company. So again, thanks again. Have a great rest of your weekend and go Cowboys.